0: everybody and welcome to book break today I am joined by my fellow librarian Mindy and we are going to delve into nonfiction November so Mindy do you read a lot of nonfiction I know you love
1: history and pretty much lately it's been exclusively nonfiction except for the very few fiction books I've read for this podcast okay so
0: yeah And you like certain time periods, correct?
1: I do. It's more topic-wise, too, though. It's always been about, like, where's the women in history? Okay. So right now I seem to be on a medieval kick. Yeah. So, But I'm brushing up against the part where they start to run out of sources for women. So I might have to get into some archaeological books soon. Okay. And look into those interpretations, too. But yeah, right now, it's the, the 15th century for me.
0: All right. And and I am going to be more in modern day here, so we're going to be contrasting a little bit. Oh, we sure will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, I love history, so I'm going to be really interested. And I know you and I have talked about one of the books that you're bringing today. But um, yeah, I will I will jump right in then. My first one was a book that I read for book club here at the mm-hmm. library, and it was called Made... Hard Work, Low Pay, and a Mother's Will to Survive by Stephanie Land. Mm-hmm. And some people may be familiar with this because I believe it's a series on Netflix right now oh, as well. Um, but it was it was an interesting kind of memoir. Uh, Stephanie is 28 years old. She becomes unexpectedly pregnant, um, so she's not going to go to college like she planned. She had an abusive ex-boyfriend, which she's living kind of near so he can have visitations with his daughter. And she's struggling with income, housing, and everything. And it really just brings home how many, like if you have something bad happen in your life, like if you don't have a support net of family and friends you're pretty much screwed, unfortunately. Things um, can go
1: south very quickly. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, there are government programs, but unless you know how to access things, you know, you could be left in the dark as... And with that's that. very
1: time-consuming, too. Yes. To know the resources and, and have the wherewithal to apply to all those and follow up with everybody because, right. you know, how fast bureaucracy works and... Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this was interesting because she... You know, she does find a place to live. She does find some advocates within the community that help her out, but she starts working as a maid. So part of it is her stories of just how hard it is to break that cycle of poverty and mm-hmm. eventually get an education, but also how we treat people that are kind of in the lower rungs of our society Um and some of it was really sad, like some of the comments she would get at the grocery store when she would use her, you know, wick checks or whatever. That, oh, I paid for that, you know, and some mm. of the other things. Um, but it was it was interesting. She kind of annoyed me a little bit, um, just because I'm thinking, okay, you're 28 years old, you know, <laughs> this is not like you're 18. So I would have liked to have seen some reflection on her own life choices and how she got to this situation. Uh-huh. And her mother lived like overseas with someone. You know, she had married someone other than Stephanie's father and had moved on. Mm-hmm. So they were not supportive. But it was sad to me that you have a parent that has money that is not helping in any way. Um, that was it was just really frustrating. And and not everybody's parents or family are supportive. But um, she is writing another book because she. It does end on a positive note, like she does end up going to college, and the next book that she's writing is called Class, oh. so I think it's going to be her journey, like she, she wanted to go to a college in Montana, I believe. Um, she was on the, like, Pacific West Coast somewhere, I think state of Washington or Oregon or somewhere, I can't remember exactly right now, but... Um, I'm still
1: experiencing the housing crisis too, with the oh the high well, prices, and, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, because you know so many investors are buying properties that it's mm-hmm. making it almost impossible for regular people to buy houses mm-hmm. or any kind of affordable houses, particularly for someone that is looking for a first-time home. Mm-hmm. I think Sean, didn't you go through that too with like trying to buy a house and you constantly get outbid, or that's
2: a whole separate podcast?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To no, be continued. It, I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's affecting so many people.
1: Yeah, even but, renting. I mean, I hear stories about how difficult it is to find affordable places to rent. Too. Right. So
0: I, this book was a, a pretty quick read. Um, I think mm-hmm. it does bring up a lot of things, even though you may not agree with all of her decisions, because some of her decisions, in my mind, were a bit questionable. Mm-hmm. But it still is very eye-opening as to what it would take if you ran upon... Some extreme bad luck, or you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, for someone of this age. So,
1: well, I hope that reaches a wide variety of audiences, and maybe some people will look at their own perspective a little bit differently. Right? How you treat the other Perspective people. of how you treat other people. How you treat other people. Right. That yeah. may um,
0: may or may not be justified. Looks from- like
2: the follow up is going to be November seventh, twenty twenty three.
0: Yes. yes, it's coming out very soon. So. Uh-huh.
1: Perfect timing, Claire.
0: Perfect timing, right. Mm-hmm. So read Maid and then jump in and read Class when mm-hmm. it comes in. But yeah, I think I am going to read the sequel because I'm, I'm interested to see like where her life is going mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, her young daughter, which I applaud her for keeping her child... And trying to do what's best. But that was the other thing is finding child care.
1: I was gonna ask if she covered that at all. Because oh, that yeah. can be they'll refer that you was to like nightmare. the child care council, but everybody is flooded with requests. Right. There's not enough funding to go around. You can't work if you don't have child care. Yeah. And it, it really just perpetuates that Right, it's a catch twenty two. It really is. Yeah. It really is. So you can have every intention of trying to get yourself back up on your feet and you just cannot without that support system.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why she worked odd hours at being a maid, because you know mm-hmm. her ex-husband or other people that she knew could watch her daughter while she worked these kind of weird, fluky hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting. So, what have you got for us? Delving into another time and century. Well, before
1: we move into mine, I just wanted to say that that reminds me a lot of that Julia, Julie, Julia book. Oh, I don't okay. Know if you read that or
0: yeah? Is or that not? the one with she? She cook the blog yes yes yes. with Julia Childs yep
1: and how she kind of talked about her own life decisions and Mm -hmm. and progressed from that I did not like the sequel as much as I liked the first one so I hope you like class as much as you liked the maid yeah I hope so too yeah but jumping into mine we're winding about 500 years (laughs) so I read a series of books um about the war of The Wars of the Roses, and I do get into, like, the Tudors and the White Queen and the Princess and the Spanish Princess and all those, um, but I get really bogged down in the historical inaccuracies, so I have a hard time separating out that that didn't really happen, and then I start yelling at the TV like I'm watching a football game, and it's... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> my family loves it when I do that. So, but I read um, two books by Alison Weir. The first one was called Lancaster and York, and that was published in twenty or two thousand nine. And um, so, it actually starts really early in the conflict. She lays the groundwork for about a hundred years before it happens. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was a bit difficult to follow. So. And, of course, everybody's named Richard and Elizabeth, and it's... (laughs) really hard to keep everybody straight and but she does a a nice job of being consistent Mm -hmm. because i've read other historians works where they'll refer to the person by the title that they hold at that time so you could have somebody who's you know york but then he's like the earl of chester or somebody and you have to keep in mind that this is all the same person okay allison weir does a really great job with consistency and laying out who is who but um perhaps she didn't need to start with the deposition of richard ii in the 1300s to lay the groundwork for something that started in 1455. But, you know, it was helpful to have that background information, just, you know, maybe not 20 hours of it mm-hmm. in the, in the audio book that I read. So, But she talked about the major players, so starting with Richard II getting deposed by Henry Bolingbroke, and that led to the Lancaster family taking over. And um, so it was really challenging and where to begin with because everybody's so arbitrary about when these dates are. For the Wars of the Roses, some people set it for the Battle of St Albans in fourteen fifty five. She sets it with the deposition of Richard II. Okay. So, and the the Roses of York are white, correct? And yes, then, they are. Yes. Yeah, and Lancaster is red. And I actually did some notes about that because I can never keep straight when they have when they came up with that whole Wars of the Roses phraseology. Mm-hmm. So. There was a scene in Shakespeare where they plucked the rose in the garden, and that was very iconic. But the Wars of the Roses actually came from Sir Walter Scott in his 1829 novel, Anne of Gerstein. So, it's where he started talking about the Wars of the Roses. They actually called it the Cousins War. Okay. So, very, very much not as dramatic, I, I would say. Yeah. So all I
0: I remember many many well a long time ago when after I got out of college I went to England and I did like a 3 week tour and I was in York and the queen was visiting York and I was watching the you know TV news that night and a child gave her a bouquet of red roses and she was like what red roses from york <laughs> you know she was you know acted like she was stunned so nice i figured nice. that was not not a popular you know or not the appropriate thing or typical probably thing. not you yeah know.
1: yeah <laughs> uh, oh i am so jealous i would have loved to have spent three weeks touring england and did you actually see the queen like
0: I, I saw a glimpse of her, like driving by, but oh, I, I didn't. Oh, close enough. You yeah. occupied
1: the same space. I or, occupied like, the
0: space, but yes. I didn't actually see her.
1: Oh, that's amazing, Claire. Yeah, that is wonderful. It
0: really was. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. There's so much symbolism, in, in British history too. I try to read books on heraldry and you know the arms and all that, but it's just it's overwhelming trying to keep everything straight and what means what family. I'm just in awe that that's how they used to identify each other Mm -hmm. on battle they'd just be like oh I know that flag and you know don't hurt that person that he's wearing that special sign or whatever it's so right overwhelming that they kept all of that straight and how offended they would get Mm -hmm. if you like you made an, an an error making their shield too. And if there was any kind of taint of illegitimacy, they would um, note that on the shield, too. So just knowing what to look for oh. is really fascinating. Calling you out on oh. your family
0: lineage yeah. on your shield.
1: With a, with a good old slash on, on your shield or, or something along those lines. But yeah, there was a way to um, to identify whether or not it was an illegitimate line. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyone watch
0: Knight's Tale? <laughs> yeah. With, with Heath Ledger? Heath, with yeah. Him. I loved yeah. that movie. Sorry. Oh, that was good.
1: He was a great actor. Yeah, yeah, that
0: was that was I'm sure that wasn't like a hundred you know accurate or whatever, but it was very fun and kind of set during that time period. Nice. But.
1: yeah, yeah, so I highly recommend Lancaster and York. Not a big fan of how they portrayed um, Elizabeth Woodville, who is the commoner who married Edward the Fourth. Okay. They described her as avaricious, greedy, glacial beauty and and um, just ruthless. and okay. I don't really know about that part of it. But there is a, a nice legend that she um, came across Edward IV seated under the Queen's Oak in England with her two young sons and she begged him to restore her deceased husband's property because he fought for the wrong side and she lost everything and um, sources say that that didn't really happen. Um, but she um, she did meet him at some point. She did convince him to marry her and, um, and not pursue an unmarried relationship. So... Um, she became queen of England, and she brought her very large family with her, and that was not a popular move. Nobody really wanted to marry into the Woodville clan, but there was like 13 kids. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah, everybody had a Woodville spouse. So, yeah, fascinating book. There's so much detail in here.
0: Wow. I will have to read some of that. That sounds interesting. It was. So we're going we to jump next. forward again. Um, and this time, I... I think almost everybody would know this person, even if they're not avid basketball fans, but this book is LeBron, Mm -hmm. and it was by Jeff Benedict, I think. But um, this was really fascinating to me because it really starts with LeBron's story as a child. Mm. And when you realize the background, where he came from, It's mind-blowing to see where he is right now. Um, LeBron's mother had him when she was 16 years old. They lived a very transient lifestyle. Um, I think when he was in fourth grade, they said he missed close to 100 days of school. Um, So his mom was finally desperate enough he started playing different sports and one of his coaches recognized his natural talent Mm. and offered to let him live with he and his family and his mom didn't really want to give him up Mm. because they would be on people's couches and I believe her own mother died so her Mm. family support system started to go awry Mm. but um, she did let him go and that was the stabilizing force to let him really start his life. Oh. So the the thing that blew my mind is when he got to high school, he was in high school and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh. And that's a pretty iconic cover if you've ever seen it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but his high school team was outfitted by Adidas. He went to a Catholic high school in Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, he started winning every accolade possible, and he was drafted right out of high school into the NBA. So here you have this 18-year-old kid who is trying to decide between Nike, Adidas, um, different shoe companies, apparel company. I mean, and they're flying him and his mother and trying to get them to do stuff and make the decisions, so... I really give him a lot of credit for not losing his head Mm. and totally, like, wasting and blowing everything. Um, And he did have, like, this group of friends from high school that he kept with him throughout his life. Like, he would pick certain people and just kind of keep them close to him. Mm. Um, Like, his wife was his high school sweetheart. Mm. So, you know, um, and he has three children – um, the thing I really liked is he formed a school after he got famous and had a lot of money. So mm. he's really trying to give back to that community. Um, they have like lunch programs so the children don't go hungry or breakfast or in, in addition to supplying like everything they need for school. But I just was f- amazed at what he, you know, he went to the Olympics, he Brought a championship to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're not a basketball fan, to read about his life is, it was like I was turning the pages, like it was a page turner. It sounds
1: like he had a huge humanitarian impact on his community, too.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, So, yeah, to have, to go from high school to the pros
1: and still remain pretty much normal. Um, And what a hard decision for his mom to make, too. I mean, I, I give her a lot of credit. Yeah. That took a lot of strength right. to do that.
0: Yep, to to be able to know that that's what he needed. Yeah. But do you um,
2: remember the drama back around 2010, 11, when he left the Cavaliers to go to the Heat?
0: Yes. And
2: how, like, you would have thought the president was being impeached. Right. You know?
0: Well, and the Heat almost received, like, death threats yes. and everything from people 100%. i mean the blowback from that decision
1: was it considered a step down in his career or? Well, he's from
2: cleveland he's from akron so that was a big you know it was it, it felt like a betrayal oh, to those
1: and they took it personally oh
2: very yeah yeah huh. it was such a big deal and i remember being on tour at the time I'll after
1: all it. he did for the community too they didn't stand by him
0: no, and it was weird. One of his, like, managers or something at the time, and he, he actually said that was a huge mistake on his mm-hmm. part as they held, like, this press conference yeah. where they were going to release the decision Ooh. as to who... They really, they really dialed it up. Yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> they got more flack and heat from that, wow. and then um, Miami got him, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Who was the other guy? Time, received- yeah, maybe. I can't re- I don't know. But the anyway, they head, got but- like three superstars, yeah. and then they won like several. They won three. Yeah, three championships. Yeah. Wow. Um, or two at least. And, yeah, yeah. and then he went back to Cleveland. Right. He went back to Cleveland. How was he And received? then he won. Oh, they, they, yeah. they were happy. They, and okay. he won them a championship. Yeah. So they finally won <laughs> okay. a national championship in Cleveland. That is one thing I'm so angry about is – my son went to school in Cleveland, and I really wanted to go to see LeBron play. Yeah. and uh, uh, oh. just never happened. It did not happen. So, so and now he's in Los Angeles, still playing.
2: Yeah, he's 38.
1: Yeah, 38 oh. years old. How long do basketball players usually play?
2: Until the ACL says no more. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
1: Yeah,
0: pretty yeah. much. So kind of similar I to football. I think he was yeah. They the said that out. he was hoping to play with his son, so we will see if that really happens. LeBronny. Yeah, his yeah, one son is in He's an all-American also. Right. Yeah. College in California. But can you imagine the pressure of being LeBron's son? I don't I don't know if I could do that. I hope he's doing it
1: cuz he wants to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess
2: it's all on how you frame it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um Yeah, and he you know, isn't afraid to, you know, he does do some things politically, but I think he's very careful about picking mm. and choosing what his causes are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting book. Even if you're not a 100% sports fan, I I feel like he's one of the iconic people of probably the last 50 years. So, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah,
1: LeBron. <laughs> he definitely sounds like a, a good mentor for kids to look up to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I hope. I hope they don't dig up anything
1: no. on him. Let's hope not. One never knows. Yeah. But. Indeed. Well, this podcast will get a whole lot more interesting if they do.
0: Yes, this is true.
1: <laughs> so, what is your next book, oh, Mindy? My next book was published in twenty. Er, sorry, yeah, twenty fourteen. It's Elizabeth of York. So, continuing with my Wars of the Roses theme. Um, so it, it focuses on. Elizabeth, who was the daughter, the firstborn daughter of Edward the Fourth and Elizabeth Woodville, and she was the older sister of the princes in the tower. Oh, um, yes. So um, that unfortunate, really sad, tragic mystery—whatever happened, they never really uncovered anything definitive. I guess Henry the Seventh and Richard the Third never really said anything about what happened to them. And there was a bunch of pretenders and impersonators after. So they're really because there was no body, there was no crime, so they um, they couldn't definitively prove that the princes were dead or not. But they took Elizabeth of York. They made her legitimate again because they had made her illegitimate for Richard the third to get on the throne. So Elizabeth of York is now legitimate. She can marry Henry VII. She does that after the Battle of Bosworth. Um, He makes sure to get crowned first, and he makes sure to predate his reign before the Battle of Bosworth so everybody who fought against him were traitors, and he could benevolently forgive everybody. And... Um, she has to put up with his overbearing mother, Margaret Beaufort, who is how Henry inherited the crown. She was um, a descendant of John of Gaunt through um, his marriage with Catherine Swinford. And um, that was also an illegitimate line. They were supposed to never inherit the throne, but they did some kind of legal magic and, um, and they could inherit the throne again. So Margaret was actually the heir, but because she was a woman, they overlooked it and, and her claim passed to her son and she just poured everything she had into fostering her son um, and his career and his just having him survive, which was amazing because he was seen as such a threat when he was younger and he had to go into exile a few mm-hmm. times and... Um, I think it's remarkable that he even survived childhood because she was only thirteen when he was born. Oh dear. So and he was a posthumous son for Edmund Tudor. so um, so she and that was her only child was Henry Tudor. and he lived in France for a number of years. and is that Henry the a's father? Yes. okay. Well, that's that's his big claim
0: to fame, although he may not have realized that at that time.
1: No, but um, and Henry the Seventh was mostly seen as a miser, um, but there is. And there's no letters that survive between him from him to Elizabeth of York, but they believe that he was faithful to her. He did um, kind of have a flirtation with the wife of one of the impersonators to the throne, who was Scottish royalty. Um, and they're basing that on just you know he bought her some pretty clothes, and they're like, oh, he must you know he must want her as his mistress. Um, but Elizabeth York had Arthur, who, who died young after he married Catherine of Aragon. She had Henry VIII. And then she had two daughters, Margaret Tudor, who became the Queen of Scotland, and um, Mary Tudor, who married the King of France. And then she went on to cause scandal, and she married the Duke of Suffolk. Oh, wow. And, um, and Mary's the one who um, the Jane Grey line came from, the Nine Days How do you Queen. keep
2: all this in your head? I have no life. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's impressive.
1: This is my this is my geeking out. This is what I can just expound on for.
2: It's incredible. You know, my mom's into this too, and she knows it all. Well, not your mom and I should
1: have tea sometime. Well, I
2: mean, (laughs) yeah, probably.
1: Poor Sean, you're well, gonna be sorry you said that. Isn't the,
0: the rule of succession wasn't that just recently changed?
1: It was for Catherine Middleton's daughter. Yes. Yeah. So so that the son Louis did not um
0: He will not supersede- pass her Exactly so Princess Charlotte would you know although now it's it's more like what do they call it? Figurehead monarchy. So it's not like they're really ruling. Yeah, but it's a, until they not reign now they reign that, not rule. that rule has stood. Yeah. So, in other words, if Elizabeth II had had a brother, we wouldn't have seen her. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. He would have become king. Yeah. Yeah. And in France, they make a big deal about the Salic Law, too. And that dates back to the time where um, Isabella of France, she was the queen in Braveheart, or the princess in Braveheart. Her brother died without a male issue. And they kind of created their own situation there because the one who said, a woman can't inherit the throne, inherited the throne, and then didn't have a son to pass it to. Oh, interesting. And then the Hundred Years' War started. So, and then they just kind of clung to that the Salic Law. No, no women can inherit the throne, but they can pass their claim down to their, their male descendants. Huh. So, but yeah, Elizabeth New York, super interesting book. A lot of, um, a lot of detail in there, a lot. I, I read it a couple of times just to try to absorb all the details of it, too. But I give her a lot of credit with how she handled, you know, Richard the Third getting defeated at Bosworth because there was talk about her actually going on to marry him. Um and they were not sure how that was going to work if she was considered illegitimate, and she was also, you know, re- closely related. It was an uncle niece marriage, which was pretty frowned upon. But they were looking into getting a dispensation, but that didn't happen after Bosworth, and she married Henry the Seventh. And um, Margaret Richmond or Margaret Beaufort, the Countess of Richmond, sounded like a real character. Every time in public, she would wear her Countess coronet and just. <laughs> <laughs> she signed herself Margaret R and kind of insinuating Margaret Regina. Okay. But she said it was Margaret Richmond and you know, she was really um, playing the part of the Queen Dowager while there was an actual Queen Dowager at court. And and the Queen Dowager Elizabeth Woodville ended up um, going to an abbey in Bermondsey. So because Henry VII wanted her income to go oh. to support his wife. Okay. So. This
2: is Alison Weir also? Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. So it was interesting in that between um, 2009 and 2014, she seemed to have changed her tune a little bit about Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Woodville. There was less of that glacial beauty, ruthlessness, Mm -hmm. avarice, and more of, um, you know, she was a good example for Elizabeth of York. And, you know, she was a commoner, but she really knew how to behave like a queen. So I just I found that really fascinating.
0: Now, have you read any of the companion fiction novels that Alison Weir has written? I tried,
1: but my memory (laughs) is so... Because I found that I would absorb the fiction details and think they were real. And I had a really hard time separating them out. So I was like, I I can't had to put those
0: down. I
1: did because I don't want to be like expounding, especially if like I'm I'm talking to like on a podcast and I start saying something that I think is true and I read it in a novel and right
0: yeah that would
1: be embarrassing yeah Yeah. I'll have to walk that back. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Elizabeth of York by Alison Weir. Well, that sounds very interesting.
0: I know she has written a lot of um of books and she. Does she just
1: go strictly in sequence? Like, no? She started with The Princess in the Tower, and then she was like, huh, I should write a prequel. And she wrote Lancaster and okay. York. And then she's like, wow, there's a lot of sources on Elizabeth of York, and we really should explore her some more. Okay. So, so she yeah. just
0: started, and it just went from there. Okay. My last one is These Precious Days by Ann Patchett, and it is a book of essays. Um, Essays are the nonfiction equivalent of short stories. Mm -hmm. So if you're the kind of person that likes to pick up, read a little story, put it down, I recommend this. Her essays are probably one of the best I've read. And they're very personal and you might know some of the people that Mm -hmm. she's talking about. One, her own family is very interesting. Um, Ann Patchett is prolific fiction author, has a bookstore in Nashville, which I visited recently and absolutely loved. But um, she talks a lot about her choice to remain childless, Mm -hmm. even though she's married. And it's amazing how many people will continue to ask you about that, even, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, it's not their business. So that was a very interesting essay. But the one that really summed up the book is she met Tom Hanks. He actually narrated one of her audiobooks. Oh, cool. And his assistant and she became close to the assistant. And during the right before the pandemic, the assistant became ill and Ann Patchett, you know, she was supposed to be visiting a hospital there in Nashville. And she said, Why don't you just come and stay with us? Wow. Which was great. And then the pandemic happened.
1: They stayed for a while.
0: So she was there for a while. Wow. Um, and this friendship kind of expanded, and she talks about having to deal with the illness at that time, like she had cancer, wow. and how their friendship developed. And it was really, at, at times it was so funny, and other times you were almost ready to cry. Mm. But um, I would h- highly recommend this book. Another um, one of her good friends is Kate D. Camillo, who wrote a lot of children's books. Mm-hmm. So there's an essay about her. Uh, Yodora Welty, who wrote a lot of short stories, so um, this was just really, really cool. Oh, and about her three different fathers, so, um, and there's a picture of them if you read the print book, like Mm -hmm. a picture of her with her three fathers taken at a wedding, so.
1: Was this a fairly quick read, or...?
0: Yeah, but it's a read that I kind of savored. And if mm. you listen to the audio, which is available on Hoopla, she reads it herself. And she has a wonderful voice. Oh, I love voice. when I do that. Yes. Yeah. So um, I highly recommend the audio version. But this was one of the most popular choices of my book club nice. this past year. And we haven't really typically read essays. So,
1: mm. yeah. I'll just check that
0: out. Right. I recommend it. It's on our favorite bookshelf, too like oh, very you good. know the ones that patrons write what they put or think about so our thumbs up shelf i guess you could All say right
1: good choice claire
0: yeah <laughs> so what's your last one
1: mindy last one's called the king's grave it was recently republished as the lost king and made into a movie and it's written from the dual perspective of a screenwriter who was the driving force behind the finding richard project in the car park in 2012 mm-hmm. and um she paired up with a historian Michael Jones to write the history part of it. So it tells the parallel story of of uncovering Richard's body and, and doing the DNA testing and the reconstruction of, of all that and the reburial with what actually happened during the Wars of the Roses and the ends of the of the time. Richard Battle of Bosworth and, and what he experienced there and and then it just kind of nicely ties it all together at the end when they're looking at the skeleton and they're like here are these battle wounds and then the historical sources that know what happened to the body after the battle so it was it was very interesting. Um, I, I'm really fascinated by the passion that Philippa Langley had for this project and mm-hmm. She was really the driving force behind it and to take on all these um, councils and laws and, you know, university archaeology departments and and really fight. And she talks about having to mortgage her house possibly to help raise funds for this. And she formed the Scottish branch of the Richard III Society. And um, just, you know, that kind of no grass grew under her feet. She was just a force that was
0: the one thing i really enjoyed in that movie is when she was going to the richard iii society Mm-hmm. You know, they were some quirky folks.
1: Yes. There is a documentary, too. And it um, and it shows them being Zoom interviewed about it when they were um, talking about whether or not he had scoliosis. And they were all like, how do you get armor on over that? And I'm like, well, how would you know? Like, what are your qualifications? Um, and then they actually brought out somebody who had scoliosis and a similar curvature to the spine as Richard III. And they put armor on this guy. Yeah. And it was like, see, you can do it. Um, but... They said that how his his spine was curved, though, it wouldn't have been very visible under his clothes. Padded doublet would have hit it, um, but he would have been in a lot of pain all his life. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting thing to bring up, just the psychological um, aspect of, of what he dealt with day in and day out and, and what he went on to to do and contemporary sources say that he was a successful king, um, and and he was called beloved right after the Battle of Bosworth. So there was a positive view of it until you know the, the Tudor propaganda took over and Shakespeare and 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 it didn't look so good for him after that. No, no, the Shakespeare play. Yes,
0: really, I think ruined his reputation.
1: And then did you with Laurence Olivier too? Oh, yeah. that was so over the top. When I watched that, yeah. I was just yeah. No. Yeah, just no. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I liked The King's Grave a lot. It was a really um, readable book, and, and it had a lot of good sources in it, and yeah, and I um, can't really say that I'm a fan of the movie, but I respect other people who like it, and you know, I'm glad That's one where
0: I read, I saw the movie. Ah, uh, And I haven't read the book, but I want to read the book. And I did the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. I always have a hard time reading the book first and then seeing the movie and liking the movie after that. Right. Yeah. 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 So. All right.
0: Well, thank you for joining me today, Mindy. Thank you for
1: listening to me go on about history.
0: Yes. Delving into our nonfiction. So hopefully we talked about some books that will be interesting for you. And we will see you next time. Thank you.
2: Book Break is a production of the Greece Public Library made possible through the support of the Friends of the Greece Public Library. theme music composed and performed by Sean Greif.